What's up, everyone? It's Kirby Porter, and welcome to another episode of Court to Corporate. We're sitting down with athletes, discussing their personal playbooks, and diving deeper into how it's translated to success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I'm really excited about this one. I actually wanted to start off with two questions that I personally jotted down after running this conversation back that I wanted to share, both of which are admittedly open-ended and not earth-shattering, but food for thought, what can you do? So the first is, what motivates you? And then second, tied to that, is what about your personal experience defines this truth written above? And I share these because as much as this episode made me reflect, I'm confident that today's guests will inspire all of us to think more about how these two answers are tied together and how it's really the intersection of these that can serve as a roadmap for knowing where to search for purpose in our careers. So to introduce our guest that I keep alluding to, today we have Marvelous Ihukwamir. Marvelous grew up in Nigeria where as a kid, she didn't know what an Ivy League institution was, what working for a professional league looked like, or that pursuing a career in track professionally was even an option. You've already guessed where I'm going with this. Yes, she has checked all three of those boxes, and even some of them twice. Marvelous is entering her second year at Harvard Law School after three years at the NBA, where she simultaneously competed as a professional track athlete after a highly decorated career at Columbia University. Her journey is defined by purpose and becoming the example you wish to see for others. With that, we'll hop right into her story. Let's get started. But I'll sort of start off with my name. So I think my name, Marvelous, has really directed um, sort of like my vision and sort of like how um, I go about living my life. I think my mom was just very intentional when she gave me that name. And uh, so I'm originally from Nigeria. I was born and raised in Aba, Nigeria, which is like a very small city in Nigeria. Um, I always tell people it's kind of like a Detroit because it used to be like up and coming and now it's sort of like um, kind of like being re- restored. So I, I I moved to the U.S. in 2001 um, because my family won the visa lottery, which is like like a program that the U.S. Um, immigration uh, uses to sort of like increase diversity um, in the U.S. And my dad had like randomly applied for it. And we won it in 2000 and we ended up coming the next year. So that's like a little bit about where I'm from um, and went to high school in Texas, then ended up going to Columbia for college and um, worked for a little bit, ran track for a little bit. And now I'm in law school uh, at Harvard. So I want to say like my life has taken a lot of strange uh, turns and paths, but it's, it's definitely... I think when I look back at my story, one thing that stands out is just like, wow, like I think about where I've come from, like looking, looking at where I come from in Nigeria, like statistically, you know, like just even reasoning wise, or like it doesn't make sense for me to be spaces that I've been in or to even um, be here today doing this podcast. Like it's definitely not something that growing up, I didn't really have like 
even growing up, like I didn't really even know what like the United States of America was. I didn't have a TV growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were just like a lot of basic amenities and necessities that I just did not have as a child. Um, and so like when I think to where I am now and just kind of like think back, I'm like, wow, like my life has taken such a 360 degree. And that's why it's just so important for me to be able to like, given where I am now to give back because I was that kid, you know, like when I was nine, 10 years old, who, you know, didn't know what, you know, like higher opportunities or just didn't know what it meant to what an Ivy League college was or what, you know, like working for the NBA or like what, what those things were or being a professional athlete. Like I did not have people like that in my life. And I did not know that Mm -hmm. those were things that I could do. Um, And so for me to have gotten here and done all these things, um, I owe it to myself and to the people that, you know, like other kids or like other immigrants or just like children um, from other countries who may not have the most opportunities um, to sort of like be that representation and um, help out. So that's kind of like a little bit about how my life and who I am sort of like um, connects to the reason why I'm doing the things that I'm doing Mm -hmm. um, and just like the motivation. Can you share more about your journey to Columbia? Like before the track career began, when, when did that possibility start arising for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I, so like I said, I had no idea, like the whole college admission, um process was very difficult for me because neither of my parents went to school in the U.S. So that was not like they were not a resource for me. I literally had to learn everything on my own or by going to my high school counselors and being like, OK, these are my grades. I also run track and I I'm fairly good at track. Um, so like my coaches would help me navigate the whole recruiting um, space. So my parents didn't know anything about, you know, like me going to school based off of track and like scholarships. Like mm-hmm. I was more, I, in high school, I literally only did sports because it was a way to keep me occupied and a way for me to, you know, get opportunities to do things during the summer because my parents couldn't afford for us to go places cause they were working. And so it was like a way for me to sort of have friends and be involved. And they just wanted me to be able to be a kid. Um, but it never really extended to thinking that this was something that could pay for me to go to school. Um, and also something that I could make a living off of after graduating from college. Um, but the process was a mixture of combining my athletic, um, sort of like my athletic and academic, um, excellence in school and finding the schools that sort of looked for those, student athletes who were really excelling on and off the field. And so I really, really um, thank my coaches. A lot of my coaches um, in high school helped me through that process. And then my my counselors would help me with the academic side of things and like helping me apply for scholarships. And it's crazy how I even stumbled across Columbia because I had no idea. I didn't even know Columbia was an Ivy League. I didn't really like at the time of like my very naive 16 year old mind like I literally was just like I'm gonna go to college but I didn't really have and I didn't really have like I was like okay because track was something that I did and it was so passionate for me at the time I was just kind of like I'm just gonna go to the best school where I can you know run track I literally would pick schools based off of like how good they were doing on ESPN like I'd be like oh I want to go to USC because 
ex quarterback is there, and clearly I'm going to meet him when I go. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just like a very naive time in my life, but I'm I'm grateful that I did have um, coaches and like counselors in high school who were able to guide me. And stumbling upon Columbia was just like, I think I was just reading their website, and I reached out to the coach, and I was like, here are my times. I'm also like you know, this is my GPA and I'm also interested in going to school to sort of like, you know, learn as much as I can, but still not really knowing what I wanted to do and kind of like having at the back of my mind track being like the very important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up narrowing my choices between um, Arizona State um, at the time had just won the uh, NCAA track uh, national championship, the men and women, which was like unprecedented. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's like going to be a great school. I'm going to go there, run track, be fast, end of story. Um, and so like I literally was going to Arizona State, had my letter of intent um, going to the coach. And I then visited Columbia the next weekend and the coaches, like, they just kind of, like, presented such a, like, unique opportunity for me. And I think being in New York City, I really, like, it was something about New York City that reminded me of my my childhood and growing up in Nigeria, like, the diversity of people, the diversity of food, and even the fact that, like, I went down the street and there was, like, a Nigerian restaurant. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is my childhood all over again that I have not had since living in Texas. Um, and so I really fell in love with New York city. And then when we got to the school and they were telling us all the things that I could do and be a part of, I started to change my mind. And my mom, who, who by this time had talked to like her friends and they were like, Oh, Columbia is like an Ivy league. Like she should go there. Like that's such a great opportunity. Um, I sort of took a step back and rethought the whole process and thought to myself, well, you know, with, with my mom's advice, like my mom, the little that she knew, she was like, you're not going to run track forever. You're like, what if you go to school and you get hurt? Like you have to have other things that you're interested in. Um, and so at that point I really started to think about it. I prayed about it. And on the day, the final day when I had to sort of like respond to the coaches, I spoke with my mom and I told her, I felt like going to Columbia was a gift from God that I couldn't really turned down because like the way it, the way it turned out was, um, I was able to go to Columbia with like everything paid for. Um, and it just was like something that I couldn't really turn down. It was like getting this excellent education and still being able to run track and also not like taking on this financial debt to go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I thought it was just the perfect setup for me. And I ended up turning down Arizona state and going to Columbia, and um, here I am. Here you are, and I think it's safe to say that things worked out for you. You had a very decorated career at Columbia. Um, Eight-time Ivy League conference champion, school record holder, NCAA 2014 Ivy League Woman of the Year, just to name a few. So with that background and story in mind, when you reflect on your career, what impact do you feel about even you and your class left on the program, but more importantly for you and your community, you've mentioned before that you were the first to attend and play at Ivy. So what did that experience of your four years at Columbia mean to you? Wow. The, the experience, even as I think about it, like I'm starting to get emotional because Mm. whenever I think 
you know, like to how far I've gotten into the, you know, opportunities that my parents did not have. So for example, as a child, like my mom, my mom used to sell food on the street, like as a kid. Um, and so like to have come from that to, to where I am now being in like these Ivy league spaces where, um, even with like the United States history of like, you know, uh, like, you know, 60 or 70 years ago, like I would have been in these spaces, you know, right. Like before like Brown v. board and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. Like I just, it's always amazes me. And it's why sometimes when I, I'm working hard and I get stressed. Like I always have to remember so much gratitude for, you know, being here and thinking of where I could be and the opportunities that I've been given that other people have not received. Um, and so I just want to say, I think my four years at Columbia really shaped me as a person and helped me to really see like the potential that I had and not just that, but to see, like to see other things. Um, I'm a strong believer in, people can't see, um, like you can't be what you can't see. Right. So for me, when I was younger and I didn't really know a lot of things about careers or like lifestyles, like I never would have thought one day I'm going to be, I'm going to go work at the NBA or like, I'm going to be a lawyer for this big shot law firm because I didn't have those, you know, examples. But when I got to Columbia, I met people who ran law firms. I met people who were like presidents of countries. I met people who, you know, had really interesting jobs, but also came from like backgrounds like I did. So when I got to Columbia, I was like, wow, like I can do these things too. It's not, it's not something that I can't do. Like there's not like an obstacle keeping me from that. I just have to work hard and apply myself and use the opportunities I've been given. So I think Columbia really opened my eyes to see kind of like how the rest of the world was living, um, for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of, taking initiative and, and it really taught me a lot and challenged me, I think intellectually and also, um, athletically. Um, because for me, Columbia was challenging, but I think track helped to sort of offset the toxic environment of being in this very competitive, like academic, um, institution. Um, and also sometimes like very, um, racially, um, I don't want to say racist institution, but like in, in an institution where I wasn't the majority or like in a place where, um, sometimes my presence was questioned. Um, am I smart enough? Like, am I only here because I'm an athlete? Um, you know, so I, I think track was a way to sort of keep me engaged in the school, in the community and just, yeah, I, I had a great four years. I can't say the same for, my peers of color who went to Columbia. Um, but I had a great four years because I felt like it was a really coming of age time for me. Like I really was able to see who I was, um, my presence and just kind of like my story and really learning how to tell my story as a black immigrant woman. Um, and just kind of like being able to accept my story and seeing this story is not just for me and like seeing that my experiences and my opportunities were chapters in my book so that other people can use that and see that and say, if she's doing that, then I can do that or, or better. Um, and so that's, that's kind of like what I would say about my four years at, at, at Columbia. Yeah. I think there's a lot to say there in terms of the nuances and the experience of the black female student athlete that you just touched on so perfectly. So 
very valuable perspective in terms of you can't be what you can't see. I think that's such a simple framework, but it's it's when you have your eyes open to these new spaces and new opportunities that it, it energizes you even more to want to set that example for others as well. Shifting gears a little bit. So the summer going into your senior year, you interned with the MBA and ultimately returned through the associate program, which we can dive deeper on. But can you tell us about the progression of you pursuing these opportunities with also having the goal of representing your country on the track on your radar as well, which which you which you did. But can you tell us about how those paths kind of came together um, on that timeline? Yeah, absolutely. I think looking back at my life, sports has always been a major factor for me. It has not only just been an outlet for me, but it's also been it's it's been an opportunity. It's been the way that I've you know gotten a ton of the opportunities that I've gotten. For example, I went to Columbia because you know of track, and not just only because of track, but track was a was a a, a conduit for me to get to Columbia. Um, and track has always been a platform for me to sort of um, get through things that I wanted to do, whether it was professionally or personally. Um, so with that said, I always knew that I wanted to work in sports or do something with sports, but I didn't really know what that looked like. So my, um, my sophomore year, actually, I was randomly sitting in John Jay Hall, which is one of the cafeterias at Columbia. And one of my friends, Tyler um, Simpson, uh, had just like uh, finished interning for the NBA that summer, but she's, she was, she was a year older than a year um, older than me ahead of me. So I asked her, I was like, Oh, what did you do this summer? And she's like, Oh, I interned for the NBA. And Tyler was a basketball player at Columbia. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like I want to do that. But at the time you couldn't, um, you couldn't apply until you were a rising junior. So I had to wait for a full year cycle before I could do it. But I knew in the, in, in my head at that moment that that was what I wanted to do that summer. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know how I got this sort of like personality, but I'm a very um, intentional person and very uh, ambitious. And when I want to do something, I literally will try to find someone who has done that thing, talk to them and try to figure out my way into that network or opportunity. Um, I don't know how I gained that sort of like personality. (laughs) Um, Maybe being an immigrant and having to like work hard for things and opportunities in life. Um, But so I found out about the internship, learned about her experience and then connected with the people she had worked with to sort of tell them about my interest and what I wanted to do um, at the MBA. And a year fast forward, I applied and thankfully got into the internship program and got to work in their crisis and facilities management group, which basically handles like anything that you can think of in the realm of protecting the players, the fans, and just like protecting the integrity of the league. And it was just such a cool summer to see what, you know, like a sport that I loved so much. So I always tell people track is a sport that I love to, to do. And basketball is a sport that I love to watch. Um, I don't like watching track because I'm like, I should be out there running, (laughs) but I will watch basketball because it's just like, I love the game. I love what the sport stands for. And, um, the NBA was like really a good way for me to sort of like my mom and I would always watch it in the evenings or like whenever, she would go to work or like, I'd be with, you know, my dad, like we would walk, like that was a way for us to connect and kind of like 
unwind and, and find some kind of like peace and calm, even when we were going through like a lot of adjustment issues when we first moved to the U.S. Um, so the MBA has, has always been present in my family. And for me to have gone from someone who watched the NBA, someone who wished that I could go to a game or like wish that I could go to an all-star game, but clearly knew that my, my parents couldn't afford for us to do that. Um, to, to step from that reality to enter a reality where I was walking LeBron James to his locker room to like going to games, sitting next to like owners and sitting next to like Hakeem Olajuwon in a, in like an, an hour car ride, like, and just doing these very cool experiences that I never in my life would have ever thought that I would be allowed to do, um, or, or have the opportunity to do, um, was just like so cool with my job at the NBA. So it wasn't like just a job for me. It was just like, wow, like this is me getting all these cool life experiences, but still learning about sports business, about how to run a business, about the MBA's sort of like mission and vision um, to sort of expand basketball, but not just not just the, 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 the game, but also think about how is basketball helping solve like social justice issues, like, you know, global problems, and also thinking about the players and um, their lives after basketball. Um, I really connected with the NBA's sort of like mission and vision in, in, in inculcating basketball, not just as a sport, but also into the, the larger frame of like the world and the world's issues. Um, and so for me, that internship really helped me to see, okay, I can come back here to this organization and con contribute in X, Y, Z way and this is a place where I can see myself growing. Um, at the time, I also still had, um, I've always wanted to go to law school. So I, I, I was still entertaining thoughts of, okay, I'm going to explore what it's like to, to, to do the law. But I like didn't really know what I wanted to go to law school for. Um, and so fast forward to when I was in the associate program, I chose one of my rotations to be in the legal department because I wanted to explore what that was like in a sports organiza organization and just to be around lawyers that were doing that work to see if it was something that I would like. Um, and just like overall, I think the NBA and the lessons that I learned from the league in, in, in being handed so much work to do as just like a rookie in, in the game, like they trust you with so much work and it really helped me to mature on a professional level, um, boosted my confidence in myself, um, in my advocacy and like just communication skills. Um, there was just like a ton of work opportunities to help me grow as a professional that I think that I would not have gotten at other organizations. And I think that the connection to sports and my experience as an athlete, um, really helped me to understand when I was working with the players, like from their perspective and also to bring in a different perspective. Cause I was usually the youngest one in the room in most of the meetings. Um, and it would allow me to bring in like fresh perspective or even allow me to bring in perspective that will help like in terms of like figuring out whether an event would, you know, satisfy a certain demographic or, um, whether an event idea would be a bust or like great among a certain, um, sort of like group of people. Um, and then with, with track, I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to represent Nigeria. Um, when I started realizing that I was really good at this track thing, 
um, was in 2014 when I graduated, I had had like a really crappy senior season. I was hurt like the entire season and only ran really only two meets and somehow was able to um, break the um, school record. Uh, I, I have no idea how, like I hadn't run the entire season. <laughs> I showed up at like the conference championship. I was finally healthy. I was able to run. But at that point, even though I still qualified for the first round of national, the national championships, I wasn't fit enough to go through the next round. So I just kind of like had to um, sort of, you know, take the time off to heal. And once I had healed from the injury, um, there was a later competition in July in Nigeria, which I went to. And ended up placing fourth in the country in the 200. And that was when I started to see, oh, like, this is not just, a get, like, I'm actually good at this. Um, and so I started thinking of how could I pursue this as a high, at, at a higher level, but still also knowing that at that point, I had already accepted my job um, with the NBA in, like, January of that year. So there was no way I could renege and say, oh, I'm not coming in September to start my job. So I was just like, in the nature of the way that I do things, I was just like, well, I'm just going to have to do both of them and figure it out. <laughs> um, Naturally. You know, figure it out when, when the time comes to figuring out. I think that's the thing with being a student athlete. You just get used to being a multitasker by nature. So it's just like, you know, like, you know, I've been a student athlete in college. I can continue that in corporate America. Um Although it was very lofty and ambitious of me, but I was just kind of like, I'm going to do it and who's going to stop me. And, you know, for me, I also thought, you know, I'm working for a sports organization. They're going to understand, like, would I have done that if I had been at like IBM or, or Google? Probably not. Um, because, and, and, and it just goes back to like really understanding what you're trying to do in life. And that's like why I go back to the whole I'm a very intentional person. So like I thought about these things even when I was like, you know, trying to do the interview and I, it was always in the back of my mind. I was like, I'm going to run. I want to run past college. And so, you know, I had other opportunities to, to take, like I had an opportunity to work um, for IBM actually with their Watson group. But I thought about, you know, those other goals that I had in track and I just, I was just like, I know this isn't going to align with this company's goals. It's really important when you're looking for jobs or thinking about careers to really think about like companies and what they value and whether you see yourself fitting into that value. And I'm glad that I was able to do that early on in my career um, to the point where when I had to take a sabbatical from the NBA to go train for the Olympics, like it wasn't a problem. Like I had you know, very high senior level executives sending me emails and saying, we support you when you're done running, please come back. And so would I have been able to do that at a, at a company that was like focused on just making money and just like not really caring about the people that work for them? Probably not. Um, and so I think the reason why it worked out well for me was because I was working for a company that has sports as like the backbone of the company and so like it wouldn't be an issue for me to say hey like the federation of my country has invited me to come train for them i need to take this time to go you know realize that dream and then come back when that opportunity is is done so that was kind of like how all of that sort of panned out um 
in terms of like track, running track full time and also doing um, working for the NBA full time. It is kind of like, okay, I did this before. I've done it my whole life. I can do it again. But what were the main differences in bringing that quote unquote student athlete experience over to the full time job? I don't know. I think it was kind of like for me, because I had been going so hard at Columbia, like a lot of people don't understand, like Columbia is a division one sports like school. So it's like I was competing with the best people in the country in sports and then also in Ivy League. So I was also competing with the best like the best brains in the world in the classroom. Um, So it really taught me how to maximize time. Like, I literally would be on the bus, like, maybe till 12 a.m. in the morning, come back to class, have a final to take the next morning at six, uh, at seven, at seven a.m. So, like, I really had to learn how to be, like, I would get, like, for example, like, when we get, when we would get papers, I would write my papers, like, two or three weeks before they were due because I knew I was going to be in Florida or, like, X. X state running and not having enough time to write a decent paper. So it really taught me a lot about time management and, um, just like being on top of stuff at a very young age. So like now that I'm like 26, like I look back to when I was like 19, um, 20 in, in college. And I was like, Whoa, I thought I was grown back then, but like (laughs) I'm now, but like, because I had so much things I had to juggle and because I was really, you know, I've always been serious about my grades. So like I cared about how I did in school. Um, uh, so it, I think just naturally being a student athlete at Columbia helped me to gain really good time management skills. Um, and just like being able to assert myself and communicating with my professors and being like, listen, I'm not going to be in your class this day. Can I not, can, you know, can you make time for me to take this exam at another time? And just like being able to do that stuff early on helped me to, to transition into the workplace where I, you know, you have to speak up for yourself in the workplace. Like a lot of people can and will direct your career for you if you give them the opportunity to. And because of, because I had had that experience of negotiating for myself early on in college, I easily was able to come into the workplace and say, Hey, I want to see what it's like working in the legal department, even though no other, you know, associate has ever asked to be in the legal department. I want to see what it's like because I'm here and there are lawyers here and I want to see what that work is like. And I asked and I took the initiative. Had I not had the experience of taking initiative and having to sort of work with different levels um, of people in authority to figure out what I needed to get done, I probably wouldn't have been as bold to do that in a workplace. Um, and, and I also think Columbia had a ton of resources for us. Um, and I, and one thing of, of many other things that I will applaud them is that they have a dedicated staff that works with just the athletes on career stuff. And so like I learned etiquette, I learned how to do interviews. I learned, you know, like I always had a, a, a I always had a staff of people who are ready to look at my resume, look, help me do mock interviews. And so I think leaning on those things and those are um, resources, I was able to immediately go into the workplace and, you know, know how to draft emails to senior, you know, people and not feel like I didn't really know how to like navigate an office space. Right. right. And, and there, there are some things that I obviously had to learn as I 
went on and just like continued to learn as I did the job. But I would say that my experience being a student athlete in terms of like learning how to speak up for myself, um, learning how to negotiate, learning how to um, really take initiative and time management. Time management is such a big thing for, for everyone at any point. And if you're someone who can show that you have time management skills, like people will immediately trust you like to do bigger things, right? Cause they know that you can handle the small and the big, um, and that you can manage time well is, is just like a really good skill to have. And so I think being a student athlete and having to navigate, you know, um, situations where I literally had to set up things ahead of time so that I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be stressed or wouldn't have to be playing catch up. I immediately brought that into the workplace. And I think for me, it helps like in really being, um, able to have a space where I could, um, negotiate and talk about the things that I wanted to do. Um, I think it's just really important also because for me, I'm a woman of color and a lot of times like nobody's looking out for us unless we speak up for ourselves. And it's sad that we live in a society where we constantly have to be like, this is what I want to do. This is not what I want to do. This is what I need to do. Or like, listen to me, I am, you know, speaking. And it's sad that we always have to like go above and beyond, but we just live in a world where these are like the things that are going on. And I think my experience as a student athlete, I really gave me the confidence to be able to do that um, in the workplace. And so something you just mentioned was kind of how you navigated taking that ownership of your career within the framework of the NBA with that goal of wanting to return to law school in the back of your mind. Can you share more about how you knew when it was actually time? I I know you spent the last three or so years um, after the rotational program, specifically in the legal division. Mm -hmm. What what was that time frame in the back of your mind that was like, okay, now I'm ready to return to graduate school? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I... In 20, so there were a lot of things that happened. I think examining sort of what I had been doing at work, what, um, you know, how the Olympic training had gone and just kind of like a lot of things that were happening in the sphere of the world um, with the uh, elections that happened in the U.S. In, 20, in 2016 and just like a lot of things that were going on with police brutality, violent, like there was just like a lot of things going on at the time socially um, and culturally that I, you know, started to think and was like, okay, I think I know the things that I want to go to law school for. I think that I'm interested in um, international, like um, international issues, global disputes. Obviously me being an immigrant, I'm interested in immigration law. Um, and, and even in sports, like what I was doing at the NBA was really, um, looking at, um, the, like kind of like helping the NBA and advising on like, uh, international laws such as like bribery and anti-corruption and looking at that space. Um, the, the country that I've come from Nigeria has a ton of issues with that. And there are like a lot of inequities that are tied to just people in government doing whatever they want. Um, and so I started thinking about my life, my trajectory opportunities that I had been given and my experiences. And I think in, um, 2017, um, was when I really, uh, fully decided to take 
the to take the to take the LSAT. And it was just kind of like, I don't know, like everything came together and the work that I was doing was interesting. But for me to um, um, move up the ladder, I had to go to law school. Like I couldn't be in my position and, you know, get to a point of where I was helping with stuff that would impact how the legal department was doing its work or like impact um, communities of color and communities that I care about. So I thought to myself, well, what is an access or way for me to uh, obtain a platform um, of, of power and just knowledge and, and being able to understand how this country works so that I can, you know, help to come up with laws or like policies to help um, with, with some of these issues that are going on in the United States and more broadly um, internationally. And law school really made sense for me because like I think a lot of times, um, you know, back to the whole, you really can't be what you can't see. It can, it can be applied to the law. Like a lot of people feel, um, a lot of people feel disenfranchised because they don't know the law. Like the law is like this secret code that only a few people know. Right. And only a few people can interpret it to others. And I want to be on the side where I'm learning this, you know, to help interpret it, to help better communities of color. And at that point, I really, I think my head space was clear enough for me to start seeing connections in my life and really drawing from the experiences that I'd had um, in life to sort of come up with a narrative, a personal narrative that I could write in a personal statement and send to schools and say, you know, these are the things I've experienced. This is where I come from. This is my life. And this is why I want to go to law school, because I think I have an opportunity to use the things that I've gone through, um, weave it into a narrative, um, learn the law and use it to interpret it to be a problem solver um, for, for people. And so that I think that was when I really sort of like sat down, evaluated my life and thought, OK, it's time for me to go to law school. And another thing about me is like my mom always says this. She she'll say it in our language and you know, like whenever, whenever I'm ready to do something, like I may have like slacked off, like about it, like a few, you know, a few times when I'm ready to do it, like it's time. And I like mm -hmm. devote 150% to it. And so law school was like, boom, okay, it's time for me to go. I'm not really going to progress that for that much farther along in this career. If I stay here without getting a law degree, because all the people I was working with, they were all lawyers. <laughs> You know, so sometimes I, you just got to look around you, <laughs> gotta look around you, you know, and I'm just like, well, I, there is no career advancement for me other than going to law school or just picking a completely new career. But for me, because I, I wanted to go to law school, but I just didn't know what I wanted to go to law school for. But at that point, I knew I now knew, OK, I can have these concentrations and you know, looking at, you know, international dispute and conflict resolution, looking at um, anti-corruption, looking at um, sports and, you know, maybe considering sports and entertainment law, but really being able to bridge in all those three interests into like a career for myself. And I, I think three or four years before when I had first taken like the practice LSAT, my senior year of college, like the fall of my senior year in college, I didn't know like what I didn't know that law like you could be like you could do so much with the law. Right. Like my only um, sort of like thing that I knew about the law was like, oh, you go to court. But now I'm more informed and know that you can really do anything you want with a law degree. Mm -hmm. um, and it just 
teaches you it teaches you how to think and and think analytically critically and really it, it like gives you this sort of like power of knowledge um to to really be able to see things for what they are and also provide um you know knowledge to others absolutely, absolutely. i would love to just wrap up with your personal point of view on investing in yourself and investing in others outside of your day-to-day because what we haven't mentioned is outside of work um, and outside of your professional career as well um, you're also with Athletes for Hope you're a mentor with Immersion Nation Africa and you're also a co-founder of Gear em Up so I would love for you to maybe speak at a high level to some of those experiences but really share if you have any stance on the importance of of, of extending yourself um, through your passions outside of work as well and, and what that's meant to you so far. Oh, absolutely. I am all like, I am all about each one, reach one. Um, you know, I come from a background where, like I said earlier, I, like I said earlier, I would not have been in these spaces, like statistically speaking, logically, all the reasonings like do not put me in the spaces that I am at now. So because I am here now, like it is my obligation to reach back to my communities and help out. And so how do I do that? It's through joining organizations that directly work with, um, whether it's, you know, communities of color or whether it's with young athletes. Um, and, and, you know, I have two communities right here in the U S specifically in Texas and New York, which are the two states that I've spent the most of my time in. And then also more specifically in Nigeria, like I have a city, I have a village um, where both my parents come from of people, of family who look up to me because I'm the one that made it out, right? Like I'm the one that's here and they're constantly, like whenever I talk to my my family on the phone, um, you know, they're so far away from me. And so like, really all they see is the representation of like what I'm doing. And so like, whenever I get the opportunity to go back, I'm always like, how can I help out in the community? How can I, you know, give the little knowledge that I've gotten and the opportunities that I've gotten thus far in my young career to give back to, you know, a little kid who may aspire to be where I am or even higher than where I am, you know, 10, 15 years from now. And so with Gear em Up, um, that was a nonprofit sort of like idea and, and organization that my friends and I um, built up after our experience um, training and running for Nigeria. When we went to the like national competition and the kids that some of the people that we were running against didn't have shoes. And, you know, these people were just as talented as us, but they just hadn't had the opportunity to come to the U.S. and go to school in the U.S. and just have this um, wide access to, to resources. And so we started thinking, what can we do as, you know, D1 college student athletes who, as you know, have a plethora of resources and um, gear. And so we thought, okay, th- we can help by giving this to them. You know, we know we have identified a group of people that, that actually need it and will use it and also, you know, infuse academic opportunities and, and, um, opportunities for them to learn from mentors and people that are in the different fields that they may be interested in pursuing, but they have never seen anyone doing that job. And so it really, like, I I really think of my life as sort of like a mirror. And I try to, that when I'm doing the things that I'm doing, like, I can never forget 
you know, where I come from because the people that, that, that I can never forget where I come from because the people that I left are still there. Right. So it's not like I left and all my family members came with me. My cousins still live in Nigeria. My grandma still lives in Nigeria. I go home and I see them. And, you know, it's not like me being in the U.S. now removes me from my family or like my obligations to helping. And so that's why it's always constantly in the back of my mind. And I really try to as much as I can um, physically and financially can to sort of pour my energy into these communities and organizations. Um, And and also I I recently... um, I recently was named to a, to the board for this national educational nonprofit called Dreamwakers, and it's been yes. such yeah, it's been such a cool opportunity for me to expand my reach um, across the you know U.S. without like having to um, travel a ton um, because the organization does what they do is they do video chats with students across the country with interesting individuals or people who are like in very cool careers, for example they had a talk with Soledad O'Brien like a few weeks ago via Google chat video. And like, and usually the organization will target schools where 85% or more of the students are on reduced lunch. Um, and so it's like, it's such a cool opportunity for me to talk to those kids, um, and really see myself in them. And, and I, and it's so like, I'm such a relatable person to them because like, you know, like I'll tell them, you know, my story, and then we'll talk about the things that they're trying to get accomplished. And so for me, those opportunities are so important. When I think about being here at Harvard Law School, like, it's even more bigger now, because like, I feel like I have a bigger platform and um, a bigger, um, a bigger platform through, you know, Harvard and the law school. And it's really important for me to be able to, you know, share with people that, you don't have to be a certain kind of person to get into Harvard law or go to Harvard law. Like it's not reserved for certain types of people. Like everyone can have the opportunity. That's why like, I really share a lot about my experiences here on my social media, because I want people to know like you, like they, they too can belong in these spaces, um, through my experiences. So to kind of like wrap up, um, yeah, being involved in community service has always been a strong, strong passion for me because I know how important it is and has been for me. Um, and a lot of, you know, people have helped me too along my journey, whether it's through my track team, whether it's through my church or whether it's through like volunteering and having someone tell me about opportunities that I didn't know about. So that's why it's important for me to also pay it, pay it forward. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. As always, please let us know in the review section your thoughts and any topics you'd like to hear discussed. We'd love for you to join us on Instagram and LinkedIn to stay in the know and keep up to date with our community. The information for both of those handles will be in the episode description. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed and we'll be back for another one soon.